0: Well, we're looking today at uh, Matthew 21. Matthew um, 21 is a story that could inspire a blockbuster. A man builds a house on the edge of Moscow. He invests his time and his money to build the most amazing construction he brings in skilled workmen uses the highest quality materials it looks good and it is good and it's worth millions but he's traveling he's going away to the united states so he rents it at a knockdown price to someone he thought was a good friend all he says to the friend is look after the place treat it well and pay me enough money to cover the bills. After a year or two having heard nothing he sends an agent to find out what the place is like what's going on and to receive the rent but the so-called good friend doesn't let the agent in. The man sends other different agents but this time the so-called good friend has them beaten up has them, uh, 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 so, uh, yeah, he has them beaten up. So the, so the man thinks, I'll send my son. Surely, surely there's a misunderstanding and my friend will obviously respect my son. But the tenant thinks, hang on a minute. The owner is a long way away in the United States. I'm registered to this address. If an unfortunate accident happens to the son, then this house belongs to me. And so he arranges for the son to be murdered. The story Jesus tells is not about a house on the edge of Moscow, but it is about a vineyard. And then he asks his listeners, the Jewish leaders and and senior priests, if you were the owner of the house what would you do to that person who you thought was your good friend he's stolen your property effectively spat in your face and he's killed your son and heir and they say no they say he will put him to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants Who will give him the produce at the harvest time and in the great tradition of the prophets jesus turns on the people who he is speaking to and says you are the people you have condemned yourselves in the old testament in isaiah chapter 5 god likens israel to a vineyard he planted it nurtured it cultivated it he made it special because he wanted to give it to a special people. His children, the children, the descendants of Jacob, also known as Israel. A beloved land for a beloved people. And all that God asked of them was that they remembered that this was his vineyard, that they were were his tenants, and that they would care for the vineyard, and that they would give him some of the fruits Of the vineyard in their sacrifices in their tithes uh, and in their and in 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 their gifts uh, and in their offerings and also in their generosity to the poor but they did not they lived in fantasy land as if god did not exist they treated the vineyard as if it belonged to them and they could do what they liked with it They did not give him the rent that was due, and they did not remember the poor and the vulnerable. So God sent them his servants, the prophets. In our Zoom Bible study on Tuesdays, we've been looking through the book of Amos. Amos is one of the first uh, prophets whose words are written down so that we have them. And Amos has some harsh things to say. Thus says the Lord, I will not revoke the punishment of Israel and or of Judah. Why? Well, he says, because they reject the law of the Lord and have not kept his statutes. They traffic people selling the needy for the price of a pair of sandals. They trample the head of the poor into the dust of the earth. Father and son abuse the same girl. They persecute the righteous, take bribes and pervert justice. They use violence to get what they want. They lie on their beds made of ivory in their summer houses, eating the best food. And their wives call for more thousand dollar bottles of wine while others go through rubbish bins, searching out something to eat. And so Amos and the prophets call the people to repentance, to turn back to God. Amos says, hate evil and love good and establish justice in the gate. Seek the Lord, he says, and live. But the people reject the prophets. Some they laughed at and ridiculed, some they intimidated and beat up. And some they murdered and so says Jesus God sent his son but you he says looking at the chief priests elders and Pharisees you rejected him and in anticipating Jesus anticipating what will happen to him in the next uh, few days he says you killed him Matthew 21 is the story of the vineyard, the story of historic Israel but it is also the story of the world. God has given us this beautiful precious world. He sent us a people, a people to whom he had entrusted his law and his word, a special people, A people who the Old Testament describes as both his bride, his beloved, and his son. And the people of Israel, the Jewish people, were a wake-up call to us, to the world. That there is a God, that this is his world. That there is his law, there is righteousness, there is justice. And yes, this people did fall in their witness. And for a time, the vineyard has been given to others to care for. But please, and maybe forgive me if here I'm going on to a little sort of diversion, but I think it's important. Please never use this story or other stories, as has been done. As an excuse for anti-semitism. Two reasons. Firstly, hatred of another person, whoever they are, because they belong to a different race or a different tribe, is in fact a rejection of the creation of God and hatred of the God who created those people. And secondly, The Jewish people by their very survival and existence remain as Paul writes very clearly in Romans chapter 9 a witness to the existence of God to his call his glory his law and to his Messiah Jesus Christ as you enter St Mary's Bury St Edmunds in the United Kingdom which was the church where previously I was vicar. As you go in, and if you look up to the roof, it's a huge building. If you look up to the roof, and in the distance there, you will see a window in the shape, a large window in the shape, of a Star of David. People are surprised to see it there. They they, they ask me, "What's that doing there? This is a Christian church, isn't it?" Why do you have a Jewish symbol here? And I say, but as Christians, we worship Jesus as the promised descendant of the great Jewish king, King David. And we worship him as Messiah and as Son of God. Do you know, we're drawn to conspiracy theories a couple of years ago someone came to see me. He seemed fairly sane. He said he wanted to see the ambassador to pass on some information. I had to say that I could not arrange that. But then over a cup of coffee he told me what he wished to pass on to the ambassador and he told me straight that Russia is not being run by President Putin, it's not being run by his ministers, or by the banks, or business leaders, or whoever, but it's being run by a group of mind-controlling magi. I have to say, admit that I did not feel that was information that was worth passing on to the British government through the ambassador. Maybe that is what is the fault of our uh, Russian-UK relations, but... uh... But, um, actually, I've heard other people come up with theories like that. Um, and there are some, But you know, there are some conspiracy theories like that. But there are also some con- conspiracy theories that are exceptionally dangerous, particularly in a time when people are uncertain about what is true or not true or what you can really trust. Yesterday I heard someone interviewed on the BBC in the United States who simply said she did not believe that President Trump had COVID, but it was a way for him to get out of a second debate. And there are others who are convinced that COVID is a global conspiracy, either caused by a new mobile network or that it was launched by the Chinese in order to bring down President Trump. Those are just some of the many, I'd expect, that you have heard. But please, as Christians, as people who follow the Lord Jesus, be very, very cautious about the stories and theories that you share on social media, or what you say to friends, because they can have serious consequences. The Jewish people know that, When Alison and myself lived in St. Petersburg in the early 1990s, there was a revival of a conspiracy theory which stated that the world was being taken over by Jews. I later heard revised editions of that, versions of that in the United Kingdom. That theory first emerged maybe earlier, but in the 1890s, in St Petersburg in Tsarist Russia and at the time it led to pogroms and dreadful persecutions of a whole people encouraged from the very top it was the theory that was seized on by the Nazis when they were looking to find a scapegoat someone to blame for the troubles on in the country An identifiable group of people and it led to the death camps of Dachau and Auschwitz and others. Conspiracy theories are very attractive. They hint at having hidden knowledge. You know I matter because I know. They make great gossip and they suggest And this I think is one of the reasons why they are very attractive. They suggest that behind the apparent random chaos of this world, there is a hidden hand at work controlling things. Again, may I repeat, be very, very, very cautious about something that is not obvious, something You know, as Christians, I think we should always take the surface explanation as the plain, simple explanation, unless we have really good, strong reasons for for not accepting it. Otherwise, otherwise, stay silent. There is a great wisdom, especially when we just don't know, in staying silent. Silent. But if you are searching for something that makes sense of this world and which will guide us through the seeming chaos and randomness of history, of Covid, of life, and if you are searching for something that makes you know that you matter in this infinite universe, Then we can do no better than to listen to the story of the people called by God out of slavery in Egypt to take care of his vineyard and whatever temporarily has become of them, to honour them as a flame bearer to God and as a cradle of our Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. He came into this world to reaffirm God's love for this world, and for us, and for you. He fulfilled that love by his death on the cross. And he calls us to remember that this world is God's world, that God is not an absentee landlord. And he calls us to respond with gratitude and love for God, and with love for the people who he has created. He is the cornerstone, he is the one on whom this universe is built, the one who holds it all together. He is the one on whom ancient Israel was built, who held Israel together, who is the fulfilment of Israel and the hope of present day Israel. He is the one on whom the church, the people of God are built. And he is the one on whom we can build and establish our lives on his words on his life on his death on his resurrection on his presence with us now and if we continue to forget God and to treat this world as if it is our own property to reject his son and his word to neglect righteousness and truth, and to pervert justice, then this is one of those places in Scripture which, my friends, warn of dire, serious consequences.